children's television composer Clive Coburn. A lot of the great art of the world has been created by people who are living in poverty. The blues musicians in America were almost all living in very difficult situations, and even Mozart was buried in a pauper's grave. I've read that of the nine best-selling songs of all time, most deal with melancholy, sadness or despair. And I have the distinct impression that many artists are suspicious of living in a comfortable or contented situation because they suspect it might take the guts out of their work. Way back in the 80s, a friend dropped in to see me at 32 Remy Road, Kelvin, Wellington, where my late wife Susie and I lived. It was apparent to him that I was living in a very comfortable situation, which for a musician was all wrong. He immediately jumped to the conclusion that life was so good for me that I wouldn't write any more music and that concerned me as I thought he might have been right. But is a first-hand experience of misery really essential? Do we actually need to experience dramatic situations before we can write about them? The film Trumbo, which is about the extremely successful Hollywood screenwriter Dalton Trumbo, blows that argument out of the water. If the film illustrates his life accurately, he was financially successful and looked like a normal person, an accountant or a salesman but certainly not the stereotypical writer, and that was refreshing to me. Trumbo had to write for 12 to 18 hours a day, admittedly while chain-smoking, drinking whiskey, and propping himself up with benzodrine pills. He spent much of his writing time in the bath, but he delivered brilliantly. 1,200 pages in three days, if the film is accurate, was one of his ghastly deadlines. Trumbo relied completely on his imagination, so did not have to live his stories but others look at writing differently. Bono said that without life there is no music, which I understood to be referring to some kind of turmoil, and that is often the case. Clapton's Tears in Heaven is a prime example of music coming out of life, in this case a tragedy. He would have been totally shattered for his little boy to have died in that dreadful accident, but out of that he wrote a beautiful song. Experiencing a situation is easier than having to imagine one, as a novelist does, but I would rather give that a go and be happy than have to live the life of a tortured artist in order to have something to write about, and luckily I have. I don't feel the necessity to be miserable before I can write a sad song. Recently I've come to the realisation that unless my personal life and circumstances are happy, I have no desire to go to work or write anything. That may not be the norm, but it's what happens to me. I may have appeared unattractively comfortable and perhaps even complacent to my Kelvin visitor, but I certainly wasn't resting on my laurels. In those days I was on top of my game and going for it. The trouble is I was always going for it, and now I wish that I'd learned to live more in the present rather than for the future. If I had, I would have been even happier and taken the time to value the things around me rather than always thinking of what may happen next. John Lennon said that life was what happened while you were waiting for something to happen, or something like that, which is exactly what has happened to me, but that's by the way. George Harrison talked about bliss and was referring to achieving an extremely elevated state of happiness as being the main purpose in life. But had he achieved that state, would he have ever written another song? Philosopher and dramatist G.K. Chesterton referred to irrational spurts of happiness that we all have and how our lives would be wonderful if we could grab hold of one of them when it happens and make it last forever. You may experience these little flashes. I do, and I'm very aware of them. Each time I try to make them last, but haven't succeeded yet. The Dalai Lama said that the most important thing in life was to be happy, 
and if he can be happy after the terrible things that happened in Tibet, then so can I. I once said to my mother, who I believe was not a very happy person, that we could choose to be happy or unhappy, that it was up to us. Her reply was, really dear? And it was a serious question. Artists can be a pain in the backside for anyone to have to live with as they appear to be so selfish. The main thrust of Trumbo's acceptance speech when he won an Oscar was thanking his family for putting up with him for being so self-absorbed all those years. But it seemed to me that they were extremely proud that they had been so supportive and that his scripts had been written and the films had been made. In many ways, artists are not so much selfish as in possession of a very different set of values. It is difficult for an artist to be part of the real world and take care of the practical everyday things of life, as they are usually an intrusion. An artist may think, as I do, that mowing the lawn every Sunday for 40 years is a pointless exercise, because at the end of that 40 years, all he had was a nicely mown lawn, which was exactly what he had in the first place. That time could have been better spent writing or painting or producing something rather than just maintaining what was already there. To many, though, time spent mowing the lawn is thinking time, and very productive. Everyone's different. The bottom line is that, yes, I would rather be content than a tortured artist. Well, I think I would. Maybe not. It depends on how much better the music would be if I were a malcontent, constantly searching, restless, dissatisfied and impossible to live with. My mother once told me that it was time to put islands of fire under the bed, that I'd done my best and it was time to move on. But after that huge dream and all the time and energy I spent, I just couldn't do it. It sounded like a ghastly idea to me. I hope something will happen to that show one day. I won't allow myself to believe that it won't. But even before hearing her say that, I decided to never write another note that no one was going to hear. Well, if I could. My music has always been heard, either on the telly, the radio, or from a stage. I'm used to that, and that's the way it goes. And it would be dreadful to be a tortured artist, and no one ever heard a note of what I wrote anyway. I've always had huge dreams and immersed myself in them totally, believing that if you worked hard enough, you could achieve whatever you want. I was an average classical pianist, was in a successful band as a self-taught guitarist organist, and then co-wrote rock operas in a television pantomime. I've composed over a hundred television commercials, 80 documentaries, and a few feature film scores. More recently, I've produced an online course that is being used by schools and independent students around the world. I'd love to have a decent movie to score or an opera to write, but I'm not as ambitious as I was. Now I simply look forward to taking my wife Caroline to a movie and a meal every Saturday night. It's much more attractive than the tortured artist alternative. That's it from me. Thanks.